Welcome to Unbounded, talks on growth in financial services. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Mike Parsons, and Unbounded is powered by Flowex.ai. Today, we are talking serious cloud and customer experience expertise with Padma Chuka from IBM. Yes, the big blue is back again. That's right. And Padma is the director of IBM Cloud for Financial Services Ecosystem. That's right. She is one busy lady and she is bringing to us a world of innovation, not only on the cloud side, but on the customer experience side. She spent a lot of time making sure that banks can have happy customers, making sure that they have the technology to go on this journey of transformation. So get ready, get your espresso coffee, buckle up your seatbelt, get ready to dig in to the growth equation. Padma, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mike. I'm honored to be here. I'm so glad to be speaking with you and and uh, let, let's dig in, ready. We will certainly get uh, stuck into it. I know you've spent so much time working uh, across different divisions of IBM. Uh, in fact, if we look a little further, your life story is just, it's like reading through someone who's a member of the United Nations, Padma. Tell us a little bit about how you arrived where you are today at IBM. Well, let me start with this way, Mike. I am a disruptive value creator and rally team to create outcomes with an engineering mind and business experience. We, I shared a little bit before, um, I fought with my father to get out of the country so that I could experience different cultures, get a chance to learn from multiple people that I meet every day. And I feel that's like a destiny to meet somebody like I met you today, right? Um, after completing my master's in software design and development, I joined IBM as an engineer and then got my MBA from NYU Stern um, while leading the second largest acquisition integration and raising a baby. Call me crazy, but I enjoyed it. Wow. Um, it, it was fun, I have to say. Three hours, three hours or less than three hours a, a night's sleep. So I, I have to, I have to ask you, Padma, like, how does one spin so many plates? When you reflect back to that time, what was it that you did to get the masters, work on the acquisition? transform a business all at the same time. I mean, most of us struggle doing one of those at a time. Like, how did you do that? It, it, it's adrenaline it's rush, right? You see the goalpost and you're running towards it and you wanted to, you wanted to do it all. You know, at that point, mm -hmm. you just wanted to do it all and test, test the ability, test the energy that I have. Mm -hmm. And it was crazy because my mentors and everybody said, you don't need to be having an MBA to become an executive at IBM. At that point, I was not an executive at IBM. Mm -hmm. And I said, mm -mm, it's not about executive, right? It is about learning. I wanted to learn something different. Right. I, I, it, it's, it's, um, 
what do you call it? It's, um, it's that fire in your belly, you know? It's like, a, I wanted to take it all in. I wanted to yes. take it all in. It's, that's where I am. And at the same time, my mother in my head and my, on my shoulder, I'm like, you got to have a baby. You got to have it. So I was like, okay, I'm going to do it for you. I'm going to do it for me. And I'm going to do it for the women that's coming after me. Wow. So it sounds like you were you you mentioned that you were testing yourself if some of our listeners are facing a little bit of self-doubt about challenging themselves what advice would you have for them if they're not sure if they should really go for that masters or push themselves for a, for learning something new what's your advice do it that is no question do yeah. it you know it's do it you you can do it one one can do it if their mind set and they want to do it, right? right? Don't listen to the naysayers. Don't listen to anyone. Listen to your gut and do what you want to do. It's yeah. you are the one who has to mm. know what you wanted to do. So and don't and what, did you, what did you do, Padma, when you faced those really tough moments that we all have? How do you not listen to the naysayers? How do you push forward? Like, is there, is there, you know, did you listen to David Goggins on YouTube? Did you go and like work out? Like what was the thing that could just make the difference for you in the morning? I, in the morning or any morning before I go to bed, this is what I said to myself. What am mm -hmm. I going to do tomorrow? What am I going to learn? How am I going to make a difference in someone else's life? Mm -hmm. And um, the one question, I'm so glad you asked this question, Mike. Every time I go to the, in, in every job that I have to do in IBM, I have to go to interview, mm -hmm. right? I don't, uh, jobs don't come to come and uh, fall in my lap, right? Mm -hmm. I have to do myself and make sure I go to the interview. And every two years I change my job because- wow. I don't want to do the same thing over and over again. Otherwise I will not be learning. My brain cells will be dying if I don't learn. <laughs> so <laughs> the first thing they ask me like, why do you want to do it? What do you want to do it? And I said to them, I wanted to do it so that I can tell my girls, I have two girls. Mm -hmm. I can tell my girls that I don't want to show, um, Ajini Ramati or Ayindra Nui or another woman CEO and say, they have done it. You should do it. You could do it. I don't want to say it. I said, your mother did it. Damn it. Right. You can do it if you want to do it. Right. Mindset, but huh? That's, what? Yeah, that's all about mindset. You just, yeah. you got to do what you wanted to do. Yeah. Who do you want to be a role model for? I wanted to start at my home first. Yeah, that's really powerful and great advice. So for all of our listeners, if you're facing a little self-doubt, just think about Padma's golden rule. It's about mindset. And before you go to sleep, say to yourself, what am I going to achieve tomorrow, right? How am I going to change someone else's life tomorrow? Yeah. It's not only yeah. you, right? What am I going to do to make someone else's life a little bit better? There you go. And listen, uh, Padma, you mentioned change and you and I happen to work in an industry that is 
full of change at the moment. And so I would, uh, I would really love to dig in a little bit into your experience. I mean, you sit in such a great position because with the financial services cloud, you're serving so many different sorts of financial institutions all around the world. And you can even argue if you're an insurance company, but primarily if you're a banking company, oh my gosh, did you just see your business change a lot in the last couple of years, right? I mean, we're talking inflation, we're talking a complete channel switch from uh, users. Tell us, what have you seen in terms of change over the last two years? And let's start to dig into how some of the banks are dealing with this change well. But first, from your vantage point, what have been the big changes in financial services and the, the fintech world at large? What have been those, those big key changes over the last few years? Oh, wow. It's, it's, a, it's a question. It's like um, 45 minutes is not enough, Mike. If we start talking <laughs> about it, right? Um, I'll say it this way, right? More than ever, well, pandemic. We forgot about the pandemic, pandemic aspect, right? Mm. The pandemic aspect, we're not able to go. I'm a globetrotter. I was not able to go anywhere else mm. because of this. So what does it mean? I can't go to my bank to deposit my check. Right. Mm. Just that real simple. Right. More than ever, regulated industries and specifically financial institutions are facing a vast number of disruptive forces, including mm. ever increasing customer demand for new, innovative and personalized products and services. Intense competition, intense competition from not only from incumbents, what about fintechs? Right. They're, yeah. They are making all these innovations and trying to jump in with the, a different type of set of products that they can come up with. They can think of, they can imagine mm. and they're coming up. So these are all the threats for the banks. Right. The, before that, there is only one bank, one bank with a brick and mortar. We go there and we put out check and get the money, do whatever we need to be doing. Now it is with all of this. And on top of it, this regulator regulatory auditory bodies that yeah. they are looking at it with a huge big eyes i would say right uh, to make sure they're protected they're protecting us in a way right if i can't trust with my money how am i going to put my money with you right that's my college my my kids family my my yeah. life so it's a, it's a tremendous change and banks need to keep up with it, right? There's no question about it. And also, I wanted to say it this way. We are all the supporting cast in end user's story or a movie, if you will, right? Yeah, yeah. If you are a supporting cast, what do we need to do? We need to make sure the end user gets what they want. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what do they want? They want it to be easy, easy banking, trustworthy banking. How, how can I put my money and sleep without any issues? So those are the end users, important issues at any point of time. They don't care about this uh, regulatory bodies. They don't care about the data breaches. They don't, all they need is they need to make sure they're safe. Their information right. is safe and they need a specific, easy way of doing the business with the bank. Now, it's so interesting you mentioned that because 
it's it's interesting that a lot of the customers of banks don't appreciate all those forces that you illustrated for us. Increased competition, huge channel switching, regulation, uh, the desire for innovative new products, et cetera, et cetera. Full banking from home across any channel. All of this is happening and you're sitting at home with your consumer hat on and everyone is just saying, I just want this right now and I have more options for banking than ever before. If we look at it, a lot of those fintechs that, are, that have moved into the, into the space. It must be one of the most seismic changes to hit banking since general deregulation, um, perhaps going way back into the days of Reagan in the US. That's right. That's right. right? It, it, it is. It is, right? It's, it's every, everything is changing and banks are trying to figure out where to go, what to do. Mm and massive data that they have, and they need to protect this, right? And gain the confidence of the customers. And today with the massive data and increasing need for this competition, trying to figure out they need to move fast. And if they move fast, they may get into trouble. That is an issue, right? So this is like, like a banking conundrum. That the yeah. tempo of the game has moved up, but then there's the chances you could make some big mistakes has just yeah. raised as well, but you can't afford not to run faster because otherwise someone else is going to come in and take the customer. Exactly. Exactly. Right. That is where the pivotal moment for them to figure out what do I do, right? When I mentioned, so there's two ways that they they can do. One, they need they can develop. They can develop what they wanted to develop, and then go to the go into the business. Or they can pick and choose which independent software vendor, or the mm-hmm. fintech, or some sort of uh, SaaS providers, if you will, and use their solution, integrate their solution with their own solution, so that they can move fast. While moving fast, they still need to adhere to these regulatory bodies mm. Mm. And, and which cloud they need to go. That's another biggest issue for them, right? So yes. in, at, at this point in the industry, none of, there is no one standardized policy framework that banks and all of these supply chain, when I said supply chain, all of these ISV SaaS providers, all of these guys need to adhere. So that's what we are doing right now. We created that standardized policy framework where the bank's workload will, work, will be running from, and also the small ISV SaaS providers are running from, they're integrated right. and the risk has been decreased. With this That's huge, right? It is. It yeah, is. Because, because cause, what you've illustrated for us is a, essentially a balancing act, right? Between absolutely. going fast, managing failure, like it's a, it's a new balancing act. And something that was interesting that you said is there's no real playbook for this. This is like new territory for the banks, Right. Mm-hmm. So just to just to explain one uh, aha I had with your team in the UK, and they explained that out of the box, your financial services cloud 
has over 2,000 compliance and regulation controls already built into the platform, right? So that that gives you a massive head start. I mean, that just decreases the stress level. I mean, I I don't even run compliance at a bank and I feel more relaxed talking about about it. This, This must be a huge weight off their shoulders, right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. That's exactly right, right? When when I when I said bank runs their workload, take yours as an example, Mike, right? Flowex, right? When when your workload running on the IBM Cloud, what is Flowex does? It is providing the solutions from onboarding to lending and branch simplification. That's right. You have these ready-made journeys, right? Cover all these critical processes. You will make sure to decrease the risk while you created your architecture, right? That's right. But at the same time, you will not be able to figure out all the industry standardized policy framework, right? You will be working, okay, I'm working with um, one bank X. I'm I'm not going to name the names of it, right? And then you will adhere to their needs. And it takes about 15 to 18 months to make sure you do what needs to be done. And then you go to another bank and you're going to do the same thing over and over again, right? With this IBM FS cloud, the policy framework is built already. When you run your solution on the IBM cloud, you will make sure you'll go through these assessments. You will get the check marks like, okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. So bank X, bank Y, you can go to them and show your solution and say, I am, I'm running on this FS cloud of IBM. I'm validated. Here you go. I'm ready to be used. My solution yeah. is ready to be used. So that's the beauty of it. And you know what's so perfect, Padmara, is that when you put all of that uh, cloud out of the box controls and services from your side, and then you take all of the uh uh, curation layer and the front end layer from FlowX, you get a bunch of things out of the box, like onboarding, like mortgage, like SME lending, all of those sorts of things. So if you put those two things together, it's almost like an unfair head start because you get right. all that serious lifting in the back end and the front end. Um, it's sort of like Batman and Robin, isn't it, Padma? That is exactly. I love that word, unfair head start. Hey, but that is the business, right? You got to figure out where you where you go more faster while taking care of the rest. So I would yeah. say I would. I, it's an unfair head start, but it is clearly thought through the process to make sure you are giving yourself a head start. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Very, I mean, it's really important too, because this head start that you just mentioned is in a context where there's more competition than ever. There's regulatory pressures, there's innovation pressures, and the customer's needs are changing dramatically. They're shifting. This may in fact be some of the biggest consumer uh, behavior shifts that we have seen in our lifetime. I think this might be akin to the introduction of the iPhone when all of a sudden we actually started being productive on our phones. It might mm-hmm. be akin to when Netscape and Mosaic was launched and we started browsing the web. This, mm-hmm. what we've gone through, we might look back maybe in five or six years and we might look back at 20 and 21 and go, wow, everything really mm-hmm. changed. What do you think? Everything is really changed. I, yeah. I didn't use Netscape, but but at the same time, 
it was a Google when it came to me after the college. That's where Google around two years old, I think. Uh, when I look at it, I was like, wow, look at this. It's right. it's completely new, different world that I am in. Do you remember? I don't know about you, but I I lost so much money in a way because I'm doing 100 things at the same time. I don't have time to go to the bank. I really don't have time to go to the bank. So the checks will be somewhere in expired checks I discover after two to three years. Wow. I, I, it's it's like, okay, I, I forgot. It could would not be definitely $50,000, but at least 300, 200, I just didn't have a time to go. Today, all I have to do is give the check, open my bank, a bank with my face on the yes. phone, give it to my daughter, and she'll just deposit and bingo. I have Done. the money in the bank. Done. So what a change. It's just in my little lifetime, past few years, ex- from expired checks to be able to deposit the money from my dining table, literally, uh. by my by my 12 year old. Yes. Yes. And that really illustrates the the change I wanted to ask you about specific to customers and in, and, and to dig into that, to being on the channel, because previously we would walk to the branch and we would deposit cash a check. And now you can do it on your, your mobile phone. This is a, just a great example of just one of the many things that we can do. And, um, I wanted to ask you about what are you seeing in the world of omnichannel uh, from your banking clients? What are, what are they asking a lot about? What are the big things right now as consumers are shifting not only to mobile but being everywhere? And I, I can only imagine that this need to be ubiquitous as a bank to provide mm-hmm. a great experience in all of the touch points that must keep them up at night. You use the word ubiquitous. I will add it to that. It was like consistent. Yeah. I don't want to learn. I don't have time. And I don't mm-hmm. want to learn from mobile to website to uh, uh, go to the uh, go to the brick and mortar. I would like, like many, right? We're all busy. We're all busy. We just don't want to. It has to be like a habit. Go get up in the morning, brush your teeth. That's just the habit, right? Just yes. like that. You go, you, you put the check here, you put the check here, but the same type of, like you said, ubiquitous or consistent experience is what you're looking for from the banks, from all of these channels, right? And they, that's, that's a customer experience with their client is the bread and butter for the banks. And mm. it's, it's all contact points of the customer interactions with the bank's interfaces, whatever the interface that they built and Mm. providing that seamless end-to-end experience across every touch point with a scalable virtual network of agents guaranteed to deliver the services of the bank at their standards. That's the brand of a bank. Yeah, it really is. So how do we... How do we do that here in 2022? Have you seen some best practices? Like, I'm just very curious to know, like, where do we start on that journey? Because I'm sure some of our listeners are 
trying to work out how to build relationships of trust with their customers when the customer doesn't come in the branch nearly as much. So what are you seeing as like best practices in this area? Well, I can't, I mean, I can't think of it. That's a great question for me to ponder a little bit more here, Mike, but the, but the, I can't, there's no standard way of doing it, right? That's where the word called innovation comes in. Mm-hmm. It's a, we can't get away from the omnichannel experience, but omnichannel is here to stay. Understand yeah. that. Let's, there's mm-hmm. no question about it, right? But at the same time, there are few folks that they wanted to go to in-person experience in mm. the brick and mortar, right? At the branches, how do you figure those branches in a way that provides the same experience, same way of doing things, right? That's one of the things that comes to me, like, you know, try more open space floor plan where members and staff interact on the same level and your digital representatives of their website through web chats. Don't make it as a robotic way, right? Sometimes I, I sometimes when I get onto the call, I was like, can you just put me through a person who can understand and speak to me? Right? Yes. I'm like, I, I can't and, and and I have an accent. Mm. Right? I have an accent and they don't understand my accent. So figure those figure those things. Don't frustrate your clients and customers, right? right? And like you are doing now, right? Educate, podcast. Educate the people, educate your customers. If you cannot start your own podcast, get onto another podcast and talk about your bank. Right. right? That's, right. that's another way to educate them so that they understand what you can offer as a bank. What can you offer? And then on top of it, IT spending in, is on the rise for these banks, right? Mm. And they have experienced a short-term surge in technology spending over the last years, or the last few years, I say. And they are gently, they have to digitize their business. And they should invest selectively in areas where recent research indicates the best payout. Having the cost of day-to-day operations and application development Figure out the way to either you want to buy or build. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, customer experience. So it's interesting. I, I uh, before we go into you know some of those themes of efficiency and how we can you know really upgrade operations in the back office. I, I just wanted to come back to. I think you made a very good point. Um, several times around this idea of making these uh, experiences, not only one omni-channel, but two, that the experience is intuitive and easy and doesn't require me to relearn a whole new interface. And I'm, I think actually, I just want to pull that out a little bit because I think you're absolutely right. It's not just about being in every channel but doing it in the right way that doesn't create a burden on the end user, on the customer, right? And that's probably the thing that separates good from great banks, those that can be omni-channel and delight their customers through these easy, elegant experiences in each and every channel, in the branch, on the laptop, on the mobile, on the interactive kiosk, Making it so simple, you almost don't have to think, right? 
That's right. I don't want to think. I don't have time to think in certain things, right? It's so true because you know those moments when you're in a piece of software, doesn't even have to be banking, and you're like, oh, what are they asking? Why are they asking this? What do they want me to do? I don't see that button. And you're like, did anyone think about this interface? Because I'm confused. That to me is the moment to avoid, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like, in my opinion, if you are asking a customer to go to two, three, four clicks, you're going to lose them. Mm, mm. Get me to a place where I can have to get to best in one click, if not two. Don't yeah. take me to more than yeah. multiple yeah. clicks. Take me, give me an opportunity to do what I need to be doing and be out. I'm, I'm trying to remember in one place, um, there was one there was one website. I, just, you just jog my memory. They don't want to be actually Google. Yeah. They say, we don't want you to be on my website more than what you require to be. So they're presenting the information to you at that moment and are also giving you an option. I'm like, if not this, go to this. So it is for me to have the choice and chance in one click, I'll take it. So right. that's the where the banks need to be doing too, right? Don't push me to, if I wanted to open an account, if I wanted to get a credit card, let's say mm. a credit card, if you ask me to fill for two, three uh, layers of the information, not that I don't have a credit card, I do have a credit card, right? There are three, four segments that you're dealing with. Correct. One person has a plenty of credit cards, who cares about your bank? Yes. Right? <laughs> Give me one click. <laughs> Exactly, right? You know, you have an, a, a platinum with the American Express. Why would you care about something else, right? Or right. so, but there is a Chase. Chase has this uh, blue. So yeah. you got to make it very clear, clean way for me to say, oh, I can try. Right. Totally. Give totally. Me a to do that. That's exactly right. Yeah. What a powerful lesson. Don't just be omni-channel, be elegant, be easy so that the experience is like magic. Like that. Yeah. While I still have you, Padma, I mean, we have to talk about what's happening in the in the back office. And I want to remind all of our viewers and listeners that uh, Unbounded Talks is brought to you by flowx.ai. And now we're going to turn our minds, both Padma and I, we're going to think about, well, how can we make things a little better on the back end of those big enterprise banking apps? And there's plenty of work to do in the back office. And in particular, Padma, I'm, I'm keen to, to get your thoughts on the role of the employee at the bank and how they can help serve customers. I mean, there's such a crucial role and they have all of their own tools and applications as well, don't they? Oh, they do. Of course they do, right? They have to do their day-to-day job. Right. And so, so this is a big job. Like if we want to be more efficient, if we want faster time to cash, if we want transactions, particularly those like mortgages that are very document intensive, if we want them to be better, where do we start uh, in this world of making life a little easier for employees at banks? What's been your experience? Let me start with one thing. Happy employees means happy customers equal to a fat bottom line. 
There you go. There you go. So tell <laughs> us more about that. Right. So if you don't take care of your employers, any bank, you in the sense, right? A bank need to make sure the employees has enough tools and technology to do their most boring, mundane activities that need to be done. Again, they're mm-hmm. most boring, mundane, but they need to be done. So they need to, banks need to figure out a way to create that efficiency. Mm. how fast they can do the job, at what point of time, provide the tools and and training at a point of time, right? They may not remember everything. Give them a chance to do their job at that point of time and move on fast. Efficient and quick service to the customer can be provided with the help of modern technologies. The handling of information, creation of up-to-date monitoring and information system, and strengthening those internal controls and housekeeping and reporting functions, it, it, it is a repetitive error-proning aspects. Right, man. Right? Cut down those. How do they cut down those? And mm. if the employees are able to do their activities fast enough, they'll be able to provide the faster service to the end user. And that's really the upside, isn't it, Padma? It's like if we can be more efficient in the back office, imagine how much more value we can create for the customer if our employees are spending less time on mundane activities, right? That's right. That's where uh, that's where the innovation comes in, right? Right. If, they are, if a person's head is completely bobbed with this, activities day to day, doing everything again and again. They don't even have a time to think. So Mm. if we cut this time here, there is a plenty of opportunity for these employees to innovate, figure out different things. How can this, how can they provide more value to these customers? And who wouldn't want that, Mike? Who wouldn't want to innovate, right? So that is where my, my head goes, right? Let's make sure create that efficiency for these bank for these bank employees so that they can spend more time on innovation creating value to the customers even to a place when you go to the bank sometimes you they don't you don't even get a chance to do the eye contact because they're clicking 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 i was like can you just stop clicking and talk to me so that here what i wanted to all right it's not that they don't want to but they don't have a choice and what do you think a bank could have on its list? Let's say they've they've become 20% more efficient with their employees. So they now have 20% of that time is now free. What sort of activities could they consider to help build trust with their customers? Where do you think um, the opportunities lay? I mean, you, you said one thing earlier I thought was spot on, and that's personalization. Personalizing services for the customer, it's like such a, a powerful thing because we all hate it when a banking product is so generic and you're like, well, no, I don't need that. I need something that works differently. And it's like a real battle to get that personalization uh, for your situation. That's got to be one of the first things on the list, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Listen to the need. When you say personalization, how do you figure out what the personalization is? 
right? You gotta understand what this client wants. Mm -hmm. Take the time to speak to them and understand what they're looking for and either come up with a solution on the spot when what you have or figure out, go back and take the uh, input from these customers and figure out what else you could do, improve your product. So if you have a time efficiency that you took the time from your day-to-day activities, mm-hmm. listen to the need, understand what they want, and create a personalized products. Innovate. Otherwise, you cannot. Banks cannot stay in the game. Mm. If you wanted to stay in the game, one, be the supporting cast for the end user story. And to take care of your employees, give them a chance to think this through and talk to these employees and then go do it. Go do it and go back and, and tell the end users, this is what we have. And then you're going to be not only in the game, you're going to be ahead of the game. Right. And that's the, that's the real business outcome um, that's on offer for banks right now. Um, you know, what you've told us about this idea of being the supporting cast to your customers and employees, well, not only can we move faster and be omni-channel and make it easy and elegant, but I think if we give employees the right tools and techs, they can spend more time building those trust-based relationships with customers. And it's all about getting into the business of that. And it starts with listening to the users, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're somebody top all up. There you go. go. Now, listen, before we let you go, I did want to ask our listeners will be keen to know where can they find you out on the world? Where's the best place for them to look you up, follow you, see your content? How do we find you on the internet? LinkedIn. Head to LinkedIn. LinkedIn, head to LinkedIn. And uh, there's only one Padma Chuka out there. So find me on the LinkedIn, connect me, follow me, send me a message, anything that I could help talk and um, figure it out with you. I'm there. Well, that's what it's really all about, isn't it? Like not, no one has all the answers, but if we put our brains together and have conversations like this, Padma, I'm sure we're pushing it a little bit further, giving it a good old nudge to create better experiences for customers and employees, right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is fantastic. And I'm going to say one more thing about your uh, your solution as well. Now that you're running on the IBM FS Cloud, go to Partner Solution Showcase of IBM. Learn more about, not for you, Mike, you know this, but you, to your listeners, yeah. go look at the IBM uh, Partner Solution Showcase. If you go to Google and find it, you will see the value proposition of the Flowex workloads on IBM Financial Services Cloud. So go use it. Will Let do. us know. Will do. Padma, thank you so much. It's been great to unlock uh, this new idea of being the supporting cast to customers and employees. I'm really grateful for you sharing that idea with us today, and I hope it inspires all of our listeners. Mike, thank you so much. This is my honor to be with you. I enjoyed it, quite enjoyed it. Thank you so much for inviting me for the show. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, I hope you have been driving your growth equation here today on Unbounded Talks. That's it for the show. That's a wrap. If you want more information, head over to flowx.ai and check us out. We're the Unbounded Talks podcast. 
That's a wrap.